0: Hello and welcome back to Horror Huns. I am one of your hosts, V. And I'm Meg. Hey, friends. Hey, girls. Hey, boys. Hey, they We're happy to see you again. <laughs> see you? I wish we could see you. That'd be fun. Oh, at some point, we hope.
1: Could you imagine... If we did like a streaming version of the podcast when we're together. Oh my god. I
0: I can imagine the screenshots of my faces just because I've got a very expressional face. Me too. And so do you. Yeah. So <laughs> the fact that you can't see us, I think it's kind of a good thing at this point because some of our faces is just like Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're making them like they can see them but like yeah it's a listening uh, um thing. Yeah. but yeah um yes i by the time this has come out i will have gone to see a live podcast um so i'm excited about that so obviously you can't tell us about it now because this
0: is way in the future we're doubling up and recording i know because
1: you're gonna be away because it will been your birthday yeah so we're going to nashville to the last podcast network jamboree um for my birthday because my birthday is on june 20th and the jamboree is on the 18th so yeah we'll be in nashville so we just recorded my birthday episode and that was stressful mm-hmm. and now we're here yeah, this for... is gonna be a long one <laughs> strap in <laughs> because this one's gonna be a big one Oh yeah, besties. This is going to be
0: a big long one. That's what she and, said. You know, <laughs> and, you know, we're very excited for this, for sure. Um so, yeah.
1: This is one of those uh, episodes that like when we started doing the podcast, like when we first talked about it, I was like we have got to fucking do it a Stranger Things episode and bitch Mm -hmm. it is here it's Stranger Things episode day I'm so fucking excited for this. So am
0: I so in this episode it is a Stranger Things recap so we're going from season one all the way to season four part one in preparation for the part two of season four so we're gonna do a recap give our opinions and then at the end we're gonna have our theories for what's gonna happen in the final two episodes of season four
1: yeah so like what we're trying to do with this is just give you a recap of everything that we've watched and then we will be doing and releasing an episode directly after um, season four volume two so we can talk about if any of our theories came true and just do kind of like an overall review of it um before we have to wait for stranger things season five
0: the final season which i actually
1: i'm a little bit upset it's ending
0: but at the same time end on a high End on a high, don't do what, you know, The Walking Dead did and just continue on for years and years and years where you lose your following and just get shitted on. End on a high, go out on season five, especially with the young cast now basically being adults.
1: Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. So then when they're like Winona Ryder and David Harbour's age, they can reboot it and they can be like You know the parents or whatever Um, I'm sure eventually It'll come to that as it seems Like everything does but I totally agree With you and the thing that I Do kind of find a little bit Confusing I will say before we jump into this Is that they split up Season four into Two volumes Like normally I would feel like they would do that If it was the final season kind of Like a la Twilight um, Breaking Dawn but I kind of I'm kind of questioning that. But I do know that in the newest season, season five, um, I think the Duffer brothers have confirmed that they'll be doing like a time jump. So it won't be like a consecutive. The, The kids will be older. So I'm interested to see that. Yeah, hopefully
0: it will match the age of the actual actors now. I think that that's what they're attempting to do. Yeah, because obviously they've all grown up and they've all basically hit puberty. So they look older than, you know, what they're supposed to be portraying. So it'll be very interesting to see how long of a time jump it's going to be.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. I'm very excited to see where all this is going. But before we get to that, let's do a little (laughs) recap of Stranger Things as a whole um so obviously this is a netflix show and per our last conversation i really fuck heavy with netflix shows because they really truly give the creators kind of almost free reign to like world build in a way and they they allowed the duffer brothers to take their idea and just make it something so grand and i just love it i love stranger things so much me too me
0: too so Yeah, just thinking back on, you know, the journey we've gone through to get to this point with Stranger Things. It's really held up. It has. Especially, like, the first season. That's come
1: from 2016. Like, it hasn't wavered. it's been six years. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the Duffer brothers, I bow to you, like, they truly knew what they were doing. So Matt and Ross Duffer... Um, you can totally tell that these two were like nerdy 80s kids. Like I love that about this. And I think that one of the things that I love so much about it is the nostalgia feel. Because you know that I'm really into like, you know, 80s cinema and like music and stuff. Um, And I just love that it came from like these two kind of like, I don't want to call them dorks, but like, they were kind of nerdy. (laughs) Yeah.
0: But I feel like the best people that make these kinds of things have to be fans of what they're making. Oh absolutely. Like Simon Pegg's work, you can tell he's a fan of sci fi horror. Yeah. Like Ty West, you can definitely tell he's a fan of what he's making. Yeah. So you can definitely tell if someone's just making it for a cash grab sort of thing.
1: Yeah, and like I love that a central storyline for them is D and D and I read that their first feature film was about the card game Magic the Gathering. So, mm-hmm. like, you know that they're dorky. Like, I love that. But they used everything that they loved and and put it into their filmmaking, quote-unquote filmmaking, I guess, series making. But, like, you can definitely tell that they also especially loved horror. Mm-hmm. And when I told my dad that I was doing this episode, he's like, Stranger Things isn't really horror. And I was like, uh, they loved horror films, like... Which I disagree. I think that it's like a horror fantasy sci-fi type of thing. It's like Mm -hmm. all of the things that they love kind of like meshed
0: into one. Yeah, definitely. And they've definitely taken inspiration from like the big stuff that was in the 80s. So shall we jump in? Season one recap,
1: yeah. I um also just wanted to say because you talked about inspiration that like it can't go without saying also that like they were heavily inspired by Stephen King. Like, I'm sure that you know that they got to do Stranger Things, got to do it because they tried to do it. They went to Warner Brothers and Warner Brothers denied them, and because they didn't have enough you know credentials, like they didn't have enough. cinematography and they've said that like it's inspired also by like mk ultra Mm. um which i think is pretty cool but also i was doing research and i found out that it's also based on a movie called prisoners it's from 2013 i've never seen it have you because you're bob with hugh jackman
0: (laughs) (laughs) my mom has probably definitely watched it i have not but I know exactly which film you're on about and I can kind of see some of those inspirations here.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, but now I guess we can get into the recap. I just didn't want to I didn't want to move on without <laughs> saying that like yes, you can definitely get the Stephen King vibes. Maybe that's why I like it so much. Maybe it's just like the 80s, the Stephen King, it's like all the shit that I like and it's like yeah. so heavily based in music as well mm-hmm so 100%. overall the vibes are just like totally tubular and i'm here for it <laughs> bitchin <laughs> bitchin okay so season one back in 2016 july 15th do you know where you were no <laughs> long pause <laughs> no um this was like a cultural phenomenon from the beginning i feel like like i watched it the first week that it came out, and I just fell in love with it. I think it's because, I've said before, like, it had such good characters. Like, we're introduced to Will, Dustin, Mike, and Lucas, a DD loving group of middle schoolers. And God, I am so happy that this was not the studios that they had pitched it to wanted to take it to a more adult feeling, which I'm so glad that they didn't, because this story is made with these children
0: yeah obviously you've got adults around them and the teenagers but the central story is about these kids and it's so nice that they casted also unknown kid actors as well yeah i don't think anyone else could play them for sure
1: oh absolutely not now they're so ingrained in my mind as stranger things that like you know, in a few generations, if they decide to redo Stranger Things, it will never be the same without these children. And you did- It's like them trying to redo Goonies. Yeah, just like don't. Just like don't. Yeah. But you had mentioned earlier <laughs> that we were also introduced to these secondary characters, Nancy, which is Mike's older sister, and Jonathan, which is Will's older brother, and Steve, who Nancy is dating- Steve harrington (laughs) and we also get to meet joyce and hopper who are you know kind of the more established adults of this television show but i think that they all complement each other so well as a cast they really work Mm -hmm. together well but um yeah so will goes missing will is missing where is will where's my son have you seen my son one of the central characters already fucking
0: gone yeah first episode what a plot twist
1: He has gone to the upside down, to the nether, if you will, that we'll learn about later. But yeah, he's gone. And that was kind of like a shocker. Your first character, it's Uh like, scream. They just kill him right off. It's like, what what the fuck? This is going in a totally different direction than I anticipated it to.
0: Oh, yeah. I don't think I, uh, when it was released, I don't think I looked into what it was actually about. I was like, oh, this looks so fun and cool. And then the first episode, I was like, what
1: is happening? (laughs) Where is this child gone? (laughs) Where is he? Where's Will? Where's Will? But while looking for him, his friends stumble upon Eleven, who we will know and learn to love. Like, I love Elle, even though she is a very, like, complex character, but Millie Bobby Brown is Elle. Or Eleven.
0: She does such a phenomenal job at playing this character with hardly saying anything yeah like nothing it's just as an unknown child actor to portray such a complex role without having so many words was just phenomenal like fantastic
1: yes and i love seeing like like you said her going from this meek kind of character to how we get in season four, just how developed she gets and even like how they write her vocabulary mm-hmm. as it evolves because she is broken by Hawkins lab. Um, her evolution and watching her grow is, is really great. But yeah, so 11 has special powers if, if, You've never seen Stranger Things? Spoiler alert, I guess. Jesus, what are you doing at this episode? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, Hawkins Lab is looking for her. And the lab did sick experiments on Eleven due to her powers. And I mentioned before, but, like, this is pretty much also Firestarter from Stephen King. Um, But yeah. And then Barb goes missing. And Jesus Christ... Is this when the weird shit... That was an shit... uproar. <laughs> yeah. This is when the weird shit starts happening. Did you like Barb? Oh, yeah. Did you have a connection to Barb?
0: I liked her. But I don't think we had enough time with her, which I think is why it probably hit people so hard is because we started to really like this character, the support to Nancy, and then she just all of a sudden gets killed while Nancy is hooking up with Steve. Poor Barb. It was just, yeah, poor Barb, but also it needed to be done.
1: Yeah, it did. (laughs) I
0: sound really bad saying that, but it needed to be
1: done. Not saying that Will's disappearance wasn't a major player, but, like, I feel like here, when Barb goes missing into the Upside Down, is where things just really start rolling. Like, yes, Eleven is there, but it's like, oh shit, it's not just Will. Like, this can all be connected somehow. And I feel the
0: stakes start to get raised.
1: Absolutely. And I feel like Joyce really recognizes that. Like she interrogates Hop about this investigation. Like, why aren't you looking for my son? Like what, what is going on? And then she realizes that like the boss bitch that she is, she can communicate with Will using lights. Like even though her son, Jonathan, and everybody else kind of thinks that she's like crazy and they're like, "Uh, okay, Joyce is onto something. Oh, yeah. Joyce did
0: the most for finding Will, for sure, in this third season. Like, she just basically put her life on hold. And just non-stop was trying to communicate with her son, trying to find her son. And, you know, she has to. Because
1: they've got no dad. She's mama bear. 100%. She needs to. Yeah, and, like, I love the character of Joyce because she is like the mom that like everybody would want in that situation somebody who's never gonna stop looking for you and no matter how crazy the lead might be she's following that if she thinks it'll get her to the truth and mm-hmm. obviously it's played by Winona Ryder so like we can't go wrong there no I
0: definitely I don't want to is gonna sound really bad to say but I definitely think this role rejuvenated her career Because obviously in the 2000s, she had a bit of a lull in her life. And, you know, she went through some troubles. But I think this opportunity to play such a... Not a big character, but a pivotal character, especially in the first season, in finding, you know, Will. It definitely helped rejuvenate her career and reminded people why renona Ryder was that it girl in the 90s
1: yeah she's that bitch mm-hmm. absolutely and we also see the group of the remaining dustin mike and lucas we see them using their dnd knowledge and realize that the demogorgons that they have encountered are from an alternate dimension and that is probably where will is like these kids are smart Nerds can save the day. Absolutely. We need more nerds in power. <laughs> we need more D&D nerds in power. I'm a and d nerd. <laughs> nice. I have never played D&D. My dad is, or was, super into D&D when he was in high school. It seems very involved.
0: Yes, it's a lot of fun and also can get very stressful, especially
1: if your dungeon master has a vendetta against the party. Yeah. So, I don't even know. I I know a lot of people who I am friends with play D and D. It's just, it seems like a lot for me.
0: Yeah, but I think you would be a really good dungeon master. Really, especially with coming up the story. Yeah, especially coming up with the campaigns, you I think could make such a really
1: cool campaign for Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> okay, I might have to look into it then. <laughs> I have the Stranger Things D and D. There you go. Maybe maybe you should pick it up. <laughs> maybe I will. So we see this group kind of, like, realizing that Eleven is a major player. Like, she is a key in finding Will. And they use that with a sensory deprivation tank. And that is scary as fuck to me. And Hawkins Lab mm-hmm. did not like this. But this is where we see Eleven's powers really come to full force when she went through all this trying to help them because Eleven's their friend at this point. She doesn't really know... She doesn't know Will, but she's, like, he's my friend by association. So, like, I have to help them. And also, fuck Hawkins Lab. So it's, like, on the same time, it's, like, I'm helping find their friend, but also fucking over the people who fucked me over. So that's good. Mm -hmm. But we see Elle heroically sacrifice herself to save her friends and vanquish the Demi Gorgon and that was like a shocker I was like she's she's small she should not have to sacrifice herself but she knew she was like I gotta do it that was really sad but then we see Hop leaving Eggos which are Eleven's favorites. In this weird wooden chest in the woods. So, like, that led us to believe that maybe she was out there somewhere. But it wasn't officially confirmed. And Will has no. been saved and found from the Upside Down. But one of the last scenes is him throwing up what I think is, like, an Upside Down slug. So that definitely tells us that this story is not over yet. Oh, no. They set themselves oh, no. up for a sequel. Always set yourself up for a sequel. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But I feel like this season is where my true love for Steve came out. Because Joe Curie, like I said, is not that hot. But I love that his transformation went from like this preppy douchebag to like a demogorgon hunting lover boy. And like he, Mm -hmm. that man can't fight. But he tries. He, He does his best. A gold star for him. Gold star for effort. So were there any Mm -hmm. standout characters for you in Stranger Things season one? Why are you smiling? (laughs) I have such a love for Dustin. Oh, I mean, who doesn't?
0: He was definitely my favourite from season one. And I'm... Spoiler, he's been my favourite throughout the seasons. I have such a love for him that... It just hasn't gone away. I think because he uses his nerdiness to solve, especially when we come to, you know, season two and season three, he definitely uses the knowledge he has from his love of nerdetry to just (laughs) save the day, basically. I mean, let's face it, it, Dustin has saved the
1: day. For sure. Without Dustin in the show I don't think that all of this could happen. No. He puts the pieces together. Yeah. Yeah. He's the glue. So that's interesting. I kind of already knew that but like everyone loves Dustin so I guess I should have just by default been like Dustin. Yeah. Uh, Who's your favourite? Popper? Okay. I will say (laughs) Season one, Hopper. Oh, my God. What a <laughs> snack. What a treat. Um, I love Hopper, and I love how, how he's kind of, like, this gruff, kind of, like, I don't want to say shitty old man, but, like, it is what it grumpy. is. Yeah, he's grumpy. Traumatized. Traumatized, grumpy old man. Yeah. And how he becomes so central to this story, and he didn't even believe it at first, like, he actually ends up, you know, becoming, like, Eleven or Elle's dad. As you can see in season two, like, he truly cares for her. So you want to get on to season two now? Well, I've got some fun facts. <gasps> okay, First, give me your fun facts for season one, V. Fun facts for season one. Um,
0: 1,213 children auditioned for Stranger Things. Oh my god, that's a 900- lot. and. Yeah, 906 boys and 307 girls. Wow, that's a lot. Mm -hmm. It is a lot. And they picked them perfectly. Yeah. Um, Finn Wolfhard, who plays Mike, filmed his audition tape from his bed as he wasn't
1: feeling well. Oh, and he's still got it. Man, his career has, like, truly exploded. Oh, yeah. Oh, it really
0: has. <laughs> um, Indiana Jones inspired Chief Hopper's hat. Oh, really? I mean, I could see that. Mm-hmm. 100%. Mm-hmm. And the original, the show was almost called Co, Monta UK? Yeah, um, Montag. Yeah, that one. And the Upside Down was originally called The Never.
1: I think that The Nether is, like, still, like, the official name for it. But, like, they all call it The Upside Down. Yeah. I think that's a, like, maybe a and d thing. I'm not sure. But I love, like, the Indiana Jones thing. Like, we said it before. The Duffer brothers pull so much inspiration from everything that they loved growing up and made it mm-hmm. into a badass series. And I just absolutely love that. Me too. Me too. You can definitely tell the inspirations
0: and one fact that i don't have written down here is that et inspired a lot of l's arc
1: oh i could definitely see that because she's like i don't want to call her Basically, an alien but like no but she is a she's otherworldly creature.
0: yeah she's a small being that can't communicate hasn't got home needs help of you know children that she's not really been around and they help her no
1: without even questioning it yeah because they're they're good friends and friends don't lie she's don't lie. our friend and she's crazy <laughs> what a good line that is so right. season 2 was released the year after in october of 2017 and Elle is alive she's dun, dun, dun. <laughs> she's been in hiding and is staying safe and fed thanks to good old Jim Hopper he has her tucked away in a cabin because he knows that these vicious fucks from Hawkins lab are trying to experiment on her and, and use her powers we don't really know for what is it good is it evil we're still kind of like up in the air from Elle's point of view like they're bad but like As you can see in the later seasons, they're not the only ones that are trying to use and manipulate this power of the Upside Down. So, and we will just say that Will is um, still fucked up since his extended stay in the Upside Down. He has like this vision of this giant monster over Hawkins in the Upside Down and that's like, whoa dude. I think thanks to that slug that we see him puke up in season one. And we also get introduced to a new set, the Arcade. Yes, what a fun time. I would have loved to Ugh. have like been alive in the 80s and just be like, yeah, I'm going to the arcade for a few hours. Ugh. That would have
0: been an absolute mm. dream. I love arcades. So
1: it's just heaven, really. It just looks like heaven. Absolute heaven. And you said that we were introduced to a new place, but we were also introduced to some new players. We were introduced to Billy and Max in this season. And I said before that Max goes on to be one of my favorite characters other than Steve. Oh, Billy. Oh, you think he's hot? You're under his spell like all the Hawkins moms? Oh, It's, moms. Drooling.
0: Oh, it's a, just the Australian man. Just, oh, I love
1: Australians so much. I, oh. I saw in a video about Stranger Things that he wanted to be a stranger Things so bad the actor that he auditioned shirtless or like took his shirt off <laughs> in the audition tape and i think that's fucking yeah. hilarious
0: hey got get got you know stand out from the rest. <laughs>
1: it worked
0: yeah and his first acting role was actually the reboot of the power rangers oh wow what power mm-hmm. ranger was he um no like the movie oh but was he a power They've- ranger
1: yeah, he was, like, the main Power Ranger, I think, from his film. I, I want to say The Red. I have no idea anything about Power Rangers. Please do not look at me like I have any clue. No, I,
0: I only know Power Rangers because I've got a two a brother that's two years older than me, and he used to watch it a lot. So that's how I know about Power Rangers.
1: We actually meet a lot of people in this season. We also meet Dart, which the slug that Will has... Puked up. I, I don't know why I keep calling it slug, but it looks like a slug. Dustin um takes on as his pet. He finds Dart and mm, um yes. feeds him. And honestly, I'm Dustin. If I found something like that, I think I said in a previous episode that like I would just make the Demogorgon like a dog. Like, yeah, find sweetie, just sit down like Bob from Creepshow. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. But we also. Meet another fan favorite this season, which is Murray. Oh, uh, so the I, <laughs> this character, so I love him, Murray, a mega conspiracy theorist that believes that there are Russian spies in Hawkins and that they have a girl with special powers. <clears throat> L, but this is, I think, where the Russian side kind of starts to come out because you didn't really suspect anything like that and then he starts yapping and you're like oh something Mm, is suspicious yeah if if Mm -hmm. one power is trying to wield l there's definitely gonna be other people that are trying too. so he's a smart Mm -hmm. one he's one to look out for yeah, he's
0: definitely the human embodiment of the Charlie scene from Always Sunning Philadelphia. We always talk about that, but absolutely he I is. love Always Sunning. I love it so
1: much. Yes. <laughs> I love Murray and I love I just love where they take his character as well. But like it seems like everyone in this season is in love. Nancy is now like Her and Jonathan have professed their love. She has moved on past Steve. Joyce meets Bob. God love him. Bob. God love him. That
0: hit hard. That hit hard. That did
1: hit hard. So we see all these people in love. We get Mike and Eleven because Mike is still missing Eleven because Eleven's in hiding pretty much for the most of this season until she gets tired of it. She gets tired of being stuck in Hop's cabin and runs away. Gets a totally new look that's absolutely bitchin' and meets her siblings. Mm. How do you feel about that storyline in season two?
0: I mean, it was interesting to definitely see the other kids that had these powers and, you know, most potentially experimented on. Um, but I didn't like the other other
1: kids with powers. I I couldn't get behind them. See, I would love to like revisit this question when we get to season four, our recap for that. but yeah, it was pretty much across the board, I think when this season came out that they did not, like that the viewers did not really like that they went and took it in that direction, which I find kind of crazy because I feel like it, I didn't necessarily like it. I don't know if it was because I didn't like the characters that they introduced us to, but it did kind of make something click, I think, in Elle's brain that she is stronger than she thinks that she is. She knows that she Mm -hmm. can do it, but she's so much more than that. And I think that that really triggers something in her. So I do see why we have that, but it's something that, yeah, I want to revisit when we talk about season four. But this season gave us one of my favorite scenes. But this scene may seem a little inconsequential, but it gives us the scene where all the boys go trick or treating as Ghostbusters and Max jumps out dressed as Michael Myers and they instantly have a new friend. Mm hmm.
0: I, yes, I I really love that scene, for sure. I
1: love all the reactions of them, like, screaming because they're actually petrified when she does jump in front of them. And I love Max's reaction to being like, what, are you guys, like, scared or something? <laughs> <laughs> and after this season is when we went to um Indiana Comic Con and we met David Harbour. He was, like, one of the headlining people there. But, like, there were so many cosplayers of that scene of the stranger things kids as ghostbusters and i just love it it just makes it makes me so happy thinking about it makes your heart warm it does it does make my heart warm but mike believes that whatever is in the upside down is using will as a spy and so will keeps drawing like these weird images before he like totally goes off the wall and becomes possessed by what we now know is the mind flare.
0: Ooh.
1: Ooh. hop <laughs> finds a tunnel that takes him to the upside down and you can hear that fucking clock sorry i'll get to that later but mm. it just popped in my brain and then i couldn't i couldn't unhear it but will is st- possessed by the mind flayer and the group comes together to beat the absolute shit out of some demogorgons and they attempt to close the gate to save will and 11 comes back just in time to help them with her and new do and then her and mike like see each other that scene and you're just like oh my god she's back baby it's love l oh. is for the way you look
0: at me. At me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Do you like their relationship in this season? Uh, Well, we don't really get to see much
0: of their relationship this season. But it, I think it's a great portrayal of young love. Yeah. Like, first relationships, first love, that sort of thing. Um, It could maybe be Stockholm Syndrome. We don't know. <laughs>
1: That's true. That's what I'm like, dang, Mike, you pounced on her quick.
0: Yeah, yeah, could be Stockholm Syndrome because, you know, your saviour, you just instantly fall in love with your saviour. So, Good could point. be that. But... I didn't even think about that.
1: God. Thank you. Just thought of it off the top of my head. <laughs> That's, like, deep. Anyway, um... <laughs> anyway, moving on. Let me move my bang. Um, While they're at the Hawkins lab, they're attempting to close the gate and Joyce watches while Bob is savagely killed by a demi gorgon. I cried.
0: I cried too. I cried. Even though, yes, we're all rooting for her to get with Hopper, but Bob was such a genuine guy and so lovely towards her. It was just such a heartbreaking moment. Again, it needed to happen because the season needs to kill off people. Oh, yeah. But it was just so heartbreaking to see Joyce finally get happy and finally, you know, be with someone that loves her and like
1: have it ripped away from her in front of her. He didn't think that she was crazy. Like he helped them put all of Will's drawings together to, to show a Mm -hmm. map of these tunnels that Hop found that ultimately like helps them connect the pieces. And it's, just ripped away from Joyce like poor Joyce like will she ever know happiness we hope so like I just love Bob like he didn't think that she was crazy and I feel like Joyce throughout the seasons is kind of portrayed as like this frantic like oh my god but like he was there and was like there for her and 100% supported her even when you know Hop kind of thought that she was crazy crazy in the beginning. Bob was there, hundred um, percent. Eleven closes the gate, and the mind flare is exercised from Will using heat, which was interesting. We have exercise the demons. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, and everyone ends up coupling up at the end of this. We have Mike XL, Lucas X Max, and it's the snowball, which Dustin X Nancy interesting <laughs> but of course they leave us showing me upside down and you just know that something ain't right Mm-hmm. so i thought that the again snowball- set yourself up for a sequel yes i thought that the snowball scene was so cute dude like they kiss and she's wearing the bracelet yes I I don't even want to talk about like the Hopper Sarah story it hurts too bad but like Hopper finally has a daughter like someone that he can protect and she's growing up she's growing up before literally all of our eyes yeah and we definitely see more of their
0: relationship in season 3 which I love their father daughter relationship oh my god yes (laughs) (laughs) but Shall I give my fun facts for season two? Yes, absolutely. Fun facts for season two. (laughs) Um, um, 361,000 people watched the entire season two in 24 hours of its release. That
1: was me. (laughs) That was me too. (laughs) Um, The Mind Flare was inspired by H.P. Lovecraft... I could totally see that. Definitely gives me Cthulhu vibes.
0: Mm-hmm. 100%. Uh, Ashton, who plays Bob, was given by
1: the Duffer Brothers space and time to improvise a lot of Bob's character. Wow. I mean, like, they scored him, so, like, makes sense that yeah. they allowed An 80s him- icon to portray in an 80s program.
0: Wow. Which is weird because the Goonies probably exists in this timeline. So the fact that Yeah. Weird. (laughs) (laughs) And the kids the kid actors rarely brought their phones to set. In their downtime during scenes,
1: they played Monopoly or cards. That's cute. I do know that they have a text thread, like the group does. Yes. Called Stranger Texts. I love that. That is so cute. That's why I'm Me saying too. this cast is so amazing. Like, I just love Stranger Things. If you didn't if you don't know that at the end of this episode, I should have said it in my all-about Meg. Stranger Things is I think just so good. God. Top tier. Top tier. Top tier. Top, top tier. Yeah,
0: I enjoyed this season, but I don't think it's my favorite.
1: I don't think this is my favorite season either. I think that this gives you a lot of development for the later seasons. Mm -hmm. It sets up the relationships for like love interest, which play a vital role, I think, in season three and season four. It gives us yes. the overall the mind flare. You know that there's something bigger than the Demi Gorgons and it also gives us the Russia setup. So there's a yeah. lot of setting up going on in season two and I I feel like it's kind of hard to have a second season sometimes and have it be as good as the first one or the latter ones that are gonna follow it because there's just so much going on that you need to to move forward with. Yeah definitely definitely but i will say that season three i think is one of my favorite seasons and i know that it's a lot of people's favorite it's because we get introduced to the star court mall and we also get introduced to a few new characters as well yes yes so season three was released july 4th of 2018 so, I, I have this weird thing that when I binge shows, I have to have, like, a full meal. And I, like, made, like, a spread for Stranger Things Season 3. And I did it for Season 4, too. And it was so fitting that it was July 4th. I did, like, a cookout and everything. I know that you don't and have never experienced July 4th. No, because it's not a holiday
0: over here in the UK. Yes,
1: but they give major vibes in this. It's so summery and like, you want to think that it's lighthearted, but like, lol, this season is rough. It is probably the most heartbreaking season we get. Oh, absolutely. Okay, let's dive in. The group (laughs) is enjoying their summer and Eleven and Mike are enjoying playing tonsil hockey, much to Jim's disgust. You said that you really like their relationship, and we definitely get to see the relationship between not only Hopper and Eleven, which we now know is Jane, um, but you see it between Hopper and Mike, too. Oh, yeah. And with all the group seeming to be coupled up, Dustin has a girlfriend, Max and Lucas are hooking up, Mike and Eleven. That kind of leaves Will feeling like an outcast. And all he wants to do is play D&D with his friends. And after everything that he just went through, like, he has been traumatized for, like, the past two years. And now his friends all have girls and, like, he's off by himself. Like, I don't know if it's the mom friend in me, but, like, I just want to hold Will. Like, I just want to be like, come here, baby.
0: Oh, yeah. It's definitely again a great portrayal of young love like your whole world is that person and when you're the friend that's left out you know single you're kind of just like i'm here what about yeah i'm
1: here remember me your friend yeah and i feel like with bob's passing this really this season kind of hints that something is up between Jim and Joyce more than the other seasons do you kind of get that like glimmer of something between them but this season I feel like you really see that and we see that Jim's having to become a father again so he's kind of like leaning on Joyce as like hey what the fuck do I do (laughs) (laughs) I need help And you said it earlier that we meet another fan favourite. In this season, we meet good ol' Robin, a queer icon. She's working with Steve at Scoops Ahoy. Oh, I
0: absolutely adore Robin. Like, Stranger Things have such an
1: amazing way of introducing new characters and you immediately loving them. Like, with Max and with Murray, like, you instantly love... Robin. Mm-hmm. They just have such good characters in this show. Yeah, very good writing. <laughs> yes, and it seems that the Russians are trying to open a gate. Like I said before, obviously the U.S. is cooking something up, which means somebody else has to know about this technology, and they make the Russians the antagonist of this season. Other than you know what's going on in the Upside Down stranger things has such a good way of taking all these complex storylines and making them make sense within each other and we really see that this season
0: yeah also making it relevant to the time period that they're setting it in because obviously i think this is based after the cold war had just finished sure that sounds right (laughs) <laughs> so it makes sense that obviously there is going to be, you know, Russians infiltrating Yeah. America.
1: Yeah. So not only do we see that, but the Scoops Ahoy group, Steve, Dustin, Robin, and good old Erica. God, we are also introduced to Erica, I think was it season two or season three? Yeah. I- so Erica's Lucas's sister. I think Lucas's we probably sister. get introduced to her season three, yeah. Yeah, I think we've seen her in season two, but, like, we don't really know Erica as a central character until season three, and God, I love her. She's so me sassy. Too. She is, like... She's... Definitely the epitome of younger sister vibes. Absolutely. that is That was 100% me.
0: Me too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but we see this Scoops Ahoy... Um, gang trying to or at least attempting to crack the russian code that they have found and like everyone knows something is up because hopper and joyce find yuri and they take him over to murray's place which that whole interaction the adult interaction in this season was fucking top tier
0: yeah uh we definitely get to see more of the adults this season you know what i fucking love it
1: me too yuri with that slushy i just remember so many gifs going around the internet with him that was a rough one too because spoiler alert yuri dies if you think that they are going to keep a lovable character that they just introduced you to around to the final episode of that season you're wrong yeah. So it doesn't You're look good done. for U.V. We'll get I to know. it next episode, but it's fine. It's fine. We're okay. We're good. But yeah, Rob and Steve are absolutely beaten by the Russians, and Joyce and Hopper infiltrate the Russian experiment as they attempt to close the gate while the children battle the Mind Flayer up in the Starcourt Mall, but Eleven's powers are, like, gone. So the star court mall ends up becoming absolutely destroyed by this epic battle not only is the gate over it but like billy is the mind flayer this entire season you see that will believes that the mind flayer is still out there and like he sure is he's possessing people to find a new host and the host is billy and billy fucks some shit up Mm, he really does and it's rough it's hard to sit through especially for max but what's really hard to sit through is hopper seemingly dies when joyce closes Mm. the gate like they kind of say their goodbyes like they set a date and hopper i think knows that he probably won't be there for said date but he does it anyway so we just lose hopper and billy is annihilated trying to save 11 from the mind flare and max watches it all and that's kind of a, a plot point for season four. But before we can get to season four, the buyers move to California. They pack it all up, and that is the end of the season. They're taking Elle with them. So what does that mean for the rest of the gang back in Hawkins? Well, Hopper's still alive. They tease that, that he is still alive. He ain't dead yet. And it seems like he's, like, somewhere in Russia, they're speaking Russian, and they refer to him as the American.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Definitely. We we kind of knew that they weren't going to kill a Hopper. Yeah. Like, right. season three. If it was the end of this, like, series, then, yeah, makes sense. But we knew there was going to be more seasons to come.
1: Well, it's funny that you say that, because I had mentioned that I went to that con at the end of season two. When I went mm. there... I watched a Q and A panel with um, David Harbour, and he was saying that um, you know what I would really want to see happen for my character, I would love to see him die. He's like, I'm not saying that I don't like the character of Jim, but I feel like that would have such big consequences in the world of Stranger Things, and then when him and joyce went down there to the russian experimentation lab i was like this is it like having listened to him talk about that and then you see it play out in real time you're like damn that that would have like severe consequences like we think that this is done we think that he closed the gate but we learn in season four that it's not done yet but if he truly had died i mean they would be out of there, everything would be done, and that would be the end of the story, but it's not. Do you have some season three fun facts?
0: I do. So, season three fun facts. Um, the location for the Starcourt Mall was a shopping centre that opened in 1984 and closed in 2018. Oh. So it was the perfect location for them to film the Starcourt Mall in.
1: Perfect. I love a mall setting.
0: Me too. It was, it was it was, so nice to see how we saw the evolution throughout the 80s because around that time period, malls became such a big thing and such big hangouts for kids. And as
1: you said earlier in season two, the arcade was a big hangout. So again, the Duffer Brothers are just immersing us in that 80s culture. And they knew it was up. They're a product of the 80s. And one big thing about Stranger Things, when I first watched the first season, I kept telling my parents, I'm like, you have to watch Stranger Things. Like, you have to watch it. Like, just knowing the stuff that my dad was into, my dad is super into music. And like, Stranger Things is so heavily influenced by music and like, by pop culture, that I finally convinced them and they watched it all. And he's like, damn, like, this really is, like, the 80s. Like, he says down to This was my life. Yeah, like, down to the clothes and down to the music. Like, they just have such a way of, like, just building this world and, like, it's actually believable. I'm sorry, I just went off on a tangent there, but... No, no, it's absolutely fine. Good thing
0: you mentioned about clothes because the wardrobe for this season is actually authentic clothes from the 80s. So the costuming was founded, so it was, like... I don't want to say vintage because that makes people sound really old but it was original to the time period that the series is based in
1: yeah i mean that literally just goes back like my dad was an 80s D music loving nerd and every time we watch it together because we will binge watch all the the episodes when a new season comes out he's like they do it right like you don't understand because like you weren't alive but like this these are real people these are real clothes like this is exactly like the 80s Mm -hmm. and it makes all sense so i'm kind of wondering if they're gonna time jump in the fifth season if they will no longer be in the 80s if they'll be in the 90s Mm, I hope so. That'd oh my god, nice. I was about to say... I or it like, might be the end of the 80s going into the 90s. Well, it's like 86, I think, in season 4. So, like, if they time jump even four years ahead, they're technically in the 90s, I feel like you would, like, wet your pants. You'd be so excited.
0: I would. I would. <laughs> I'm a 90s baby. 100%. <laughs> um, The never-ending story theme was not originally in the script. The Duffers originally wanted the Ent and the Entwine from the Lord of the Rings but decided against it after learning Amazon um, was in talks to making a Lord of the Rings series interesting and final Dustin wears a baseball cap and t-shirt from the camp he attended the name on these pieces of clothing was Camp Nowhere taken from a 1994 film called Camp Nowhere
1: interesting okay I have a Camp Nowhere hat. I just love Dustin! I just love Dustin! I was about to say, like, our favourite characters come together, really, in the past two seasons. Like, Steve and Dustin, like, they're absolute bros. Even though Ugh. he's technically, he's like, I don't want to be a babysitter, but, like, their interactions are truly something special. Their interactions in Steve From 4 cracked me up. Oh, my
0: God. So much. But we get to see... um you know the scene for Neverending Story theme, and Neverending Story was one of my favorite films growing up. So I'm this scene just lives in my head rent free, for sure. I've never. I seen think it. about it a lot. It it just holds up um, a magical place in my heart. So
1: did that just take Dustin from like your favorite character to like your most favoriteest character ever?
0: A hundred percent.
1: Like. <laughs>
0: I, I just have such a soft spot for Dustin. It's not even.
1: It's not even funny. It's not even funny. So up until this point, we've talked about our favorite characters. But do you have any characters that you don't really like from season one through three? Yes. Who? Mike. Okay. Interesting. Mike
0: is enemy number one in my brain. He is enemy number i don't feel like we get enough character development from mike he's just there and all he's about is just l that's it i can
1: see why you would say that i agree that he is probably a character that i dislike just because yeah you make a really good point he's just about l but even then in season four we see that like he's low-key a pussy too about it Mm. like But it's interesting that you say that, because one of my least favourite characters is his older sister, Nancy. At least we get character development from Nancy. That's true, but still, she's just kind of boring to me. I don't know what it is. She becomes more interesting in season four, which, are you ready to talk about our feelings for season four? Yes, I am so fucking ready. So, this part of the podcast is going to be us kind of, like, reviewing... Season four, volume one. I just kind of gave y'all brief synopsis. If you haven't watched Stranger Things, what are you doing? But that's just kind of a brief synopsis of what got us to season four, volume one. And I will say this season felt a lot darker and almost more in the horror realm. I know that mm. the rest of the seasons can technically be considered horror, but this just felt heavier. I I
0: totally what you mean because we do. Deal- with um a lot of heavy subjects like loss grief and grief yeah. especially from max um murdered children see murdered children bullying um trying to fit in in a new school um i don't really want to say it but like the mystery around will orientation sexual orientation which you know shouldn't be a big deal obviously false accusations of murder
1: There is heavier topics in this And they're also in high school So they're older They're kind of growing up and maturing But there were so many horror references In this season Like obviously a huge one is Nightmare on Elm Street Like I mean they have Freddy himself in this season So like that (sighs) But I don't know if you caught That Jonathan has that Evil Dead poster In his room i did yeah so jonathan has an evil dead poster but i feel like they really pulled inspiration um from deadites when just the look wise of when vecna is um using relatives to manipulate his victims like kind of that that facial and and all of it so i personally really enjoyed that (laughs) me too
0: yeah yeah like he said the facial like manipulation when he's killing definitely screams dead eye well
1: even like when Chrissy's mother like I think it's her mother turns around and she has the white eyes and like just her face is gone but they also I know the Deffer brothers are really inspired by Jaws and I think the first victim in Jaws his name is Chrissy and they do that Jaws boat scene with Steve in um that episode so there is so many horror references um in this episode or not episode but in this season um so I just wanted to to point that out before we got too much further but yeah even the brutality that is shown when Vecna kills his victims in this season is intense as fuck Mmm it's jarring the body movements the jerking i know you don't like that in possession films so i was wondering how you sat through that (sighs) it was hard because
0: you know it's just so fast and like you can sense like if your body moved that way it would be painful be extremely painful but got through it the kills in this season are definitely the most interesting we've had. Absolutely. For sure.
1: I watched this and then I think like the day after, or maybe it was the day before, I had watched the remake of Suspiria and I was just like, I'm traumatized now. Like, I don't want to move my body ever. I want to stay in the same place. Something that I really liked in this season was the fact that Eleven still didn't have her powers and I love that we're following the journey that she's taking to get them back to save her friends because I feel like friendship is what makes this show like I love seeing all of their friendships but like without these friends this show would have been over in the first season and Eleven is using Hawkins to save her friends even though it feels like it's the other way around because she knows that like without doing this for them that they potentially could die And that just shows, Mm -hmm. like, how much love and admiration she has for all the people that are still in Hawkins.
0: That's her home. That is her home. Yeah. So, you know, no matter where you move to,
1: that's still going to be your home. Yeah. You had mentioned earlier about the bullying. That was a really hard scene to sit through. We see a completely different side to Elle because the person who is caring for her the most, I'm not saying that Joyce doesn't, but like hopper she believes is dead and like when she was presenting her diorama i legit cried i was so sad because she couldn't really explain why he was
0: a hero and all the things they've done but we as the audience know what hopper did so we know why he is a hero so the fact that classroom full of kids were like i'm sorry
1: but no he's not a hero i know and then like like, shut up shut up bitch when her and will would make the eye contact during that scene like like you said they know that they can't really like expose themselves like that but he is Mm -hmm. truly a hero and i thought that will was very interesting in this season i i've seen i've seen and i've read a lot of stuff about will this season. And I think that it is something to talk about, how, like his orientation, but also like this kid has major PTSD, I think, from everything that's gone on. Eleven obviously does too, but like, I feel like in this season, we can really see how him being in the upside down or the nether and him having to completely relocate and also seeing Mike again, knowing that he has not only relocated but his friends have almost left him behind is like really hard yeah
0: it's like we we,
1: from the previous seasons we obviously see
0: him feel like an outcast but when we get to season four you feel it even more yeah and it's hard to see because he's so excited to see his friend again and you know spend time with him but all his friend cares about
1: is his girlfriend l or jane and that's the thing that pisses me off too is like mike you are there to see l but like also your best friend is there and Mm. he doesn't do anything for either one of them like in the roller skating rink really made me kind of like flip a switch and because i liked mike But I'm like, you didn't stand up to the DJ in there. Like, you didn't... Like, there was so much stuff that he could have done. And, like, I understand why Will didn't. He's traumatized. He has gone through so much. And he knows that if he helps protect Elle, that it's also going to be hell for him. But, Mike, you have no stakes there. You could have punched somebody or, like, gone and protected her when you saw what was going on out there. And, like, you chose not to. Like you're a shitty friend to to Will, but also like you're a shitty boyfriend because I don't truly felt like he stuck up for L either.
0: No, yeah, I completely agree with you on that point. Like, he did fuckle, he did fuckle to help, and then he turned around to Will and was like, "Well, why, why are you, why you know, embarrassing her like that? Why are you, you know." telling me that she lied to me and that stuff it's like because she made such a big thing from the previous seasons friends don't lie and yet she's lying straight to mike's face and will didn't think that was right especially from someone who preached
1: you know so much about yeah like so much about that so like that's a complex storyline going on but i loved what was going on in hawkins like obviously have said that Max is my favorite character, but, like, everything going on in this season in Hawkins with Chrissy dying and them piecing all the puzzles together, I- I loved season four episode, I think, for Dear Billy. I mean, that was truly incredible. I adore the character, and I love her spunk, and, like, watching her kind of derail and realize that she's probably going to die after everything that she's witnessed go on with Chrissy. And I forget Nancy's friend's name, but, like, knowing that, God, it was... It was good.
0: Yeah. No, it, it broke my heart, especially when she was, like, writing the notes... Oh, my God, I know. ...to them and was just, like, preparing for her final 24 hours. Yeah. It was... It was hard, but Sadie does an amazing job
1: portraying Max Grief. She does. Like, I kept telling myself when she was running, obviously I want to sing the song so bad right now. Me too. But when she was running, that was such a powerful scene, and I kept telling myself, she's going to die, she's going to die, because I felt like Mm -hmm. it was going to be easier to deal with if she didn't. But I feel like I jumped... Way far ahead, because I just really wanted to talk about that scene. But in Hawkins, we are introduced to one of your favorite new characters. Why are you turning away from me? <laughs> because I have the biggest, fattest crush on Eddie. Oh my it's god. It's not even funny like how attracted else. I am to Eddie. <sighs> Which I think is interesting. My, I was talking to my manager about this, and she said that... Eddie reminded her of Polly Shore and then I tried to text V that to be like lol you think somebody looks like Polly Shore is hot but V had no idea who that was so like it didn't sting as much as I hoped it would I don't (laughs) I don't get the attraction around him but back to what I said earlier I love everything that they are setting up in Hawkins right now because with Eddie being like that on the run fugitive because of what happened with Chrissy is such an interesting storyline to me
0: it it really is I think they also took um, inspiration from a real life case as well I can't remember what it is but they took inspiration from a real life case to you know help with Eddie's storyline
1: I think it's the West Memphis 3 that they based his character on Um, but yeah I think that it, he is very interesting, and I love that he's, like, kind of this, like, metal-loving D&D guy. Like, I love that character, but, like, him as a character? I have some questions about him that I will raise to you in our theories portion later on. Okay. So I, okay. I feel like I can't completely, like, fall for him because I have some, like, some things in my brain that are kind of, I have some wheels some that neckiness. are spinning. Yeah. Yeah. But I know that everybody loves him. But I personally liked Argyle that they introduced in California. Oh. It's
0: it's just so. <sighs> I need more of him on the screen. I need more of him. He's so funny. He
1: is so funny. And when he says that Pineapple does belong on pizza, I felt him. I felt that. I did not. <gasps> it's so good. Oh, my God. Pineapple and jalapenos on pizza together. I, I, one, I don't actually like pineapples, so. What?
0: But. Breaking friendships since 2022. Oh, no, that hurts me, <laughs> but
1: that's okay. Um, But I feel like. Because we all love Argyle so much, I feel like it's going to be just like Barb, just like Bob. I think that they're probably going to kill Argyle. Especially because he just, like, helped them dodge the military. Ah, yeah. 100%. Yeah.
0: It'll be interesting to see who they
1: kill, but we'll leave that for the theories. Yes. Yes. So the central storyline of this we learn is vecna what did you think about this storyline do you like it do you like the direction it's going okay
0: i do because now that we've been introduced to vecna and people have gone back and watched you know the previous series it's been it's very clear that vecna has always been there has always been there from the beginning. From the first and episode when Will vanishes. Yeah. yeah. So it's so interesting that the Duffers have basically built up this big menacing character slowly and surely throughout the season. So, you know, we start off small by with the Demogorgons. And then, you know, it gets bigger and bigger with the Mind Flare. And now we've got a big bag Vecna who
1: is just like 11 yes so i i kept saying to val and my dad when we were watching this i was like he is sus like as soon as i saw him on screen i was like there is something about him why is he low-key dressed like them but still monitoring them like it felt weird and like why was he talking to them when no one else was but like as soon as I saw the children with their eyes gouged out, like when they kept showing those flashbacks, and then their bodies, and then I saw Chrissy's death scene, I was like, there is a connection between what is happening there and what is happening in the lab. And when they were doing the little peg thing, when they were dropping the, the the disc, and um he was talking mm-hmm. to Eleven about her powers. I think that that's when it clicked. Like I was like this dude is suspicious he is not good and there is something that is connecting what he's saying to what's currently going on in Hawkins
0: yeah I had a suspicion that he was obviously going to be number one because oh yeah. it was kind of obvious but I didn't actually see that him being back kind was
1: interesting of- I loved this storyline and that like you said It goes back to the very beginning, like, they had this all pre-planned, and I love that, that it all went together. And I love that, also, music has been so vital to this storyline, and I love that they really used the music to influence this season's story. Like, that it all goes back to the very beginning. I mean, even when, in the first season, when Jonathan uses Should I Stay or Should I Go... Like, he was communicating him with him in the Upside Down Using Music that they are talking about in season four that ultimately ends up saving Max's life. I just love that it's just a full picture. But my question, though, is how does this connect to what's going on in Russia? Because I feel like the Russian storyline is being dragged out a little bit too long. So I'm interested to know... How they're gonna connect that to what's going on with Vecna now?
0: Yeah, I think we're gonna find out. I feel like we're gonna find out in part two for sure because the teasers obviously come out for part two, and we can. They've shown a bit of like Hopper in Russia and walking through and seeing, you know, probably it's. It looks like the mind flare. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how they wrap
1: up all the storylines and connect them all together yeah because right now that just feels like totally separate now I do love that Joyce was like 100% that bitch and was immediately like I'm going to save Hopper and Russia like I love that I'm gonna save my boo yes and I just want to see them all come together I'm sure that they will like connect it all but I would just like it to to feel a little bit more cohesive in volume two because right now i'm kind of like scratching my head thinking about it yeah no i'm completely with
0: you on that it just feels like it's amazing it's interesting that we're getting all these different storylines but some of the episodes i was just like there's too much going on and it sounds bad to say because i've really enjoyed this season but it just felt like too much for me my brain to take it all in
1: i think yeah and i think that that is kind of what i was curious about like why are they making it into two parts because right now i feel like there's so much going on and with such a gap i feel like we might miss a few things here or there which i'm glad that we're doing this episode and that it'll come out right before the second volume drops so we can kind of like talk about everything so if i miss something you can touch on it and if you missed something i can maybe touch on it and Mm -hmm. maybe you can answer me this because this is one big question that i had um for this season why has vecna chose to show nancy the past
0: i have no idea i think because she took it upon herself to follow the lead of um you know his papa his dad and visit him in prison and get his side of the story that that was like okay let me show you what actually went on let me show you the true story yeah because he might think that out of all of them she's the smartest and that's why he's showing her and maybe you know it could be a way of him possibly breaking her down and possibly taking over her mind to be a minion of his mm. maybe but i think because she had the instinct originally to go you know investigate what originally happened go visit ask his dad you know what happened all this stuff so
1: he was like yeah i'm going to i'm going to show this bitch what really happened so one thing that I do want to touch on before we get to our theory portion is I want to talk about Vecna's makeup because mm. it's stunning. And props to Barry Gower, I think that's his name, for the effects. I think the Duffer brothers said that 95% of the Vecna scenes were practical effects. Yeah, I
0: want to say, I think I read somewhere that maybe took nine hour application yeah for his prosthetics
1: yes like and that is one thing that I think that when people sit for such long hours in the chair to get special effects makeup done it enhances their performance like Mia Goff and X and Doug Jones and like literally anything these people go through Like, such remarkable visual transformations. And, like, it truly shows in their acting. Like, I feel like you couldn't really visually or emotionally connect that one was Vecna because they're separate characters in a way. Like, Mm. him having that chip in him, he's a totally different character. And I think that Jamie Bauer is such a remarkable actor just by himself But knowing how fully committed he was to also visually investing himself into his character is just something that needs to be mentioned because that's a long time to sit. A hundred percent. And, you know, props to
0: him because the transformation, you can't fucking tell it's him. No. You cannot tell
1: it's JB Campbell Bauer, like, in that. No, and, like, props to the special effects team. They were the ones that did... Um, the night king in game of thrones in chernobyl and i will say like the first thing that i saw or thought of when i saw vecna was like holy shit it's the upside down night king um but it makes <laughs> sense that they were the same creative people but yeah like you could not tell that that was him at all no. not visually no, or his didn't. acting like they're completely mm. separate entities another british lad another british lad doing it oh my god yes i was like val he's in twilight too like he's high a king like sweeney todd twilight and stranger things i know he's doing other stuff than that but that's like a trifecta right there like you're done mm-hmm. you're yeah you're done you're done you're done and he totally pulls an anakin skywalker this season and like slaughters all of them like that was so brutal yeah
0: but we need more deaths in this season like millie bobby brown and noah who plays um will are completely right they need to start killing people off oh the cast is too big they need to start killing people off
1: i definitely feel like they're about to kill some characters off and i feel like it's almost like Harry Potter. He is fueled by hate and rage, and L is fueled by love and compassion. And I guess this is where we can go on to our theory point if there's anything well, else that you want to talk about because.
0: I've got some um, fun facts okay. to say. There's only three of them. Okay. Um. So each episode had an estimated budget of. $30 million. Can I get that? Can I get that for an episode of my <laughs> life, please? Please. Um, J.B. Campbell Bauer went into his audition without knowing anything about the character he was going to portray. I
1: think that's the way to do it.
0: 100%. And oh, I'm going to say his name wrong. Darcy? Darcy who plays Billy? Um, filmed his scenes... From Australia and got directed um, via Zoom by Sean Levy.
1: Interesting. Mm.
0: Hmm. Yeah. He wasn't right. in
1: that many, so I guess that's why.
0: No, he was only in like the flashback scene for um, Max. Wasn't yeah. He? Well, I mean not a flashback scene, but like trans theme
1: So it makes sense that he did that remotely, which
0: is pretty cool. Yeah obviously i want to talk about theories hopefully i don't
1: get as mad as yellow jacket theories well i don't know how this is gonna go but i hope not i I don't think that any of these are like controversial but they are some conspiracy theories now i had mentioned earlier um talking about harry potter like it kind of gave me that vibe um and i have a few of my own theories um, that kind of tie back to that, that I would like to kick off our theory segment. Let's go. I was saying how, like, Vecna and Elle kind of resemble Harry Potter and Voldemort, Um, and I'm a big Harry Potter fan. Are you a Harry Potter fan, V? I don't know if we've ever talked um, about it. Yes, I do enjoy Harry Potter.
0: I wouldn't say, like, I'm an avid fan, but I've watched every single film. Okay.
1: Okay, I've read the books and seen the movies, obviously, and they're like, were my life, so maybe that's why I can like see maybe where they could get that because obviously like that t- sort of tale has been told before, in like Lord of the Rings, like J.K. Rowling didn't invent that, but, um, mm-hmm. I think that it would be interesting if. Like the Harry and Voldemort plotline, like, one has to die in order for the other to live. Sort of like, I kind of could see where Elle would have to die in order to kill Vecna. Kind of how we saw and they foreshadowed in the previous seasons, like in season one, that like in order to take this out, part of it would also be taken out of Elle, kind of like how a horcrux is taken out of Harry and like a part of Harry dies. Like I could see where they would also take it to that also having root with L, Like these powers come from somewhere and if she gets her powers from the upside down just as one does you can't have one and have the other at the same time does that make sense
0: yeah no i get that completely i mean i think they could also go the route of kind of like you know harry doesn't actually kill voldemort it's neville longbottom so it could be interesting if one of the side characters not you know the quote-unquote main character actually
1: vanquishes and destroys vecna sort of like Game of Thrones did with the Night King. But also another thing that I thought that was similar that I personally think is going to have a major impact on, I don't know, volume one or season five, but also back to the horcruxes and Harry Potter. Those spiders that Steve found in the vents, I feel like are going to play a very vital role. I'm not sure if like it's gonna go to like the crux way but like they made a point for steve to step in that vent and to find those and there was mm. a point that vecna talked about it or one or i forget what his name is talks about that these creatures like he saved them and he collected them so i kind of feel like the spiders are gonna have some sort of impact on the upcoming story
0: yeah, I mean, I did someone see someone say that um, because of Vecna's um, one, I think his name is Victor. Yeah, Victor. Kid, um, had the um, infatuation with the Black Widow spiders is kind of why the Mind Flare kind of looks like a spider
1: as well. Interesting. Okay, yeah. So, yeah.
0: So that was quite interesting to see that someone, you know, thought about that was like oh yeah that makes sense like the mind flare looks like a spider because victor one beckner has this infatuation with spiders
1: interesting so i'm not like alone and kind of thinking that this might have something to do with his storyline because they made it a clear point to talk about them twice so it has to be coming up somewhere surely mm. but speaking of things being brought up. This is a very popular theory circulating online, V. So, and I low-key subscribe to it, even though it makes me very, very sad. Steve getting bit in the upside down is going to have some serious consequences. Robin keeps mentioning rabies, but, like, it's not looking good for my boy Steve right now. I almost feel like because they introduced Eddie steve will have to die dustin is gonna be crushed and he's gonna need one of them to lean on since they're like kind of like his guides chicken hello or eddie dies trying to save steve since he knows how much steve means to dustin either way i feel like one of them is not gonna live to see season five yeah i can
0: kind of agree with that or it could be here's my theory With Steve getting bit, it could be sort of like how Will has a connection to the upside down. So, you know, he gets this weird sensation on the back of his neck. Mm -hmm. It could be sort of like that with Steve. If Steve obviously lives, it could be in a way his gives him a sort of connection to the upside down as well as how Will does
1: interesting i mean i could see that it's just for some reason i feel like dustin can't have them both does that make sense yeah
0: no no they are very good at destroying our favorite characters hearts and something bad is gonna happen and dustin is definitely gonna have his heart broken at
1: some point absolutely but while we're talking about Eddie, I do think that he is going to be a very important player. I mean, he is the dungeon master after all. I feel like that title and how closely this series is involved with d and I feel like he's going to play a very vital role in what's coming up next, which there is speculation online. There's some theories online that mention he had mentioned that his hair was buzzed to Chrissy so Mm. people are theorizing that Eddie is also similar to Eleven that he has powers and that could be why he had the buzzed hair and maybe was experimented on by Hawkins lab and maybe that is why he was the one that saw Chrissy and Vecna take his first victim, people are speculating online that he has something to do with it. I mean, I could see completely why they would say that. Also,
0: you know, Eddie is a lot older than the people in his year because he's failed high school. Like three times? Yeah, three times. So that could also answer that theory, is that, you know, he didn't have the proper education when he was younger because he was getting experimented on in Hawkins' lab.
1: Some people think that Tin really isn't dead, and that is who Papa was working with when one killed everybody, and people are theorizing that that potentially could be Eddie. But I saw another weird theory on Twitter that Eddie is a monster, so that kind of fits with the previous theory that I just talked about, because in the first scene, I think we see him... The song that's playing was I Was a Teenage Werewolf by The Cramps, I think is the title of the song. Um, Do I think he's a werewolf? No, absolutely not. Like, that seems very silly. I know that Stranger Things is on the sci-fi realm, but it just doesn't seem fitting for that. Do I think that he possibly has a secret or two that we haven't learned yet? Yeah, maybe. Oh, yeah. There's definitely more to Eddie than meets the eye sort of thing. Absolutely. Another crazy conspiracy theory, V, is that we're gonna see Nancy x Robin. That is a theory because they dislike each other so much right now. And or it seems like they have this kind of like love hate relationship uh, going on between them. That um, Nancy thinks that Robin loves Steve and, and that Steve loves Robin. But actually she doesn't know that robin's gay so people are thinking that when she finds that out she's gonna be like oh these feelings i have of jealousy are not for steve it's actually that steve is hitting on robin and i'm jealous about that so that is something that people are theorizing yeah i could see that but i also don't think nancy
0: swings that way
1: no, I don't think so either, but people are saying maybe that it's it's Robin. It's she swings for Robin. Maybe she's just never had those feelings before. <clears throat> um, maybe, maybe. I mean,
0: while we're on the subject of Robin, I've seen a theory online that people think
1: Robin is a Russian spy. I've seen that theory too. I didn't include it in here, but yes, I've seen that theory because of how quickly she picks up Russian in season three, right?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, which makes sense.
0: Logically, but also, I don't know. I think we probably would have seen
1: a little more hints if that was the case. I don't know. Like, sometimes they really just be, like, throwing me for a loop. Now, speaking of secret spies, I'm sure that you've seen the TikToks that I've sent you about this one. People think that the therapist or the school counsellor is doing Vecna's bidding which makes sense because you see her I think she has like a clock necklace and also her students are being picked off one by one all these traumatized students that are coming to her are slowly getting taken by Vecna Mm. do you subscribe to that theory V?
0: I mean it does make sense there's a lot of evidence that points towards that and Um, the clock necklace she has is also a key So it's a clock with a key on the end, so...
1: mm, It does make sense. Points do sites. Point to it. It does seem a little suspicious, if you ask me, that all of her students, especially all the things that they've probably trusted her with, are being used against them. Mm. Now, another one that I've seen, which obviously we've talked about, is that Will is gay. Or queer coded. But I don't even know if I necessarily want them to even delve into that. Like, I feel like that isn't fitting to the storyline. Like, I feel like Robin finding a girlfriend would be much more fitting to the storyline than Will having to come out. Yeah, I
0: definitely agree with you on that. I think there's been so much talk about Will's sexuality um that i don't even think they necessarily need to do a big song and dance about it because you know they didn't do really a big song and dance about robin did they yeah they were kind of just like she makes it to steve steve's her bestie
1: yeah i think it's because people are thinking that will is attracted to mike um which would then kind of like you know, completely drastically change their friendship. But I don't really feel like it's, like, central to the storyline, like, at all. Um, So I'll be interested to know if they even touch on it. I know that the cast has been asked about it a bunch. I just... I don't know. I just want people to leave Will alone. Like... (laughs) Mm.
0: He's been for enough. Like, just leave the boy alone.
1: But speaking of Will, I have a theory... Of my own that Will's gonna bust out some like crazy painting that helps defeat Vecna like he's been working on it this entire Mm. time and you see him crumple it up when he's at the airport so that's what leads people to believe like he was painting something for Mike which is why he's queer-coded but like I think that it could be a key to help this whole situation like he's done it before And, like, I don't doubt that he'll do it again. And some people even think that Will is actually still being manipulated by Vecna slash the Mind Flayer. But I just think he's just an innocent little artistic boy drawing something, and he just doesn't know what he has. And when he finally Mm -hmm. shows it to them, I think that it's going to kind of change the way that they strategize in their fight against Vecna. Oh, completely. Like, the glimpses we've seen...
0: When he was painting, it definitely felt like there is something hidden in that painting that Absolutely.
1: will help. I'm glad that you agree because I'm like, he's on to something. Did mm-hmm. you have a he's theory? He's always on to something. He's always on to something. We need to like give him more credit, but like also mm-hmm. I still want to coddle him. Like he's gone through so much and like he knows a lot about the Upside Down or the Nether that the other people don't really know. Like... Yeah, they've kind of experienced it, but, like, he was there by himself for, like, a week. Like, he's been Mm. through some shit. He was possessed by the Mind Flayer. So, like, technically, Vecna's thoughts have gone through Will if what they're saying about how the Upside Down is all connected. So, technically, that means that Will has some sort of connection to him. Again, like Harry Potter, he can maybe see glimpses of what Vecna's seeing mm-hmm. maybe well along with that
0: theory if you've seen the promotional pictures that they've released for part 2 um, they're like moving pictures so everyone's like turning or looking up but Will is the only one that moves properly like in his moving picture he touches his neck so That subscribes to that theory, for
1: sure. Mm, Well, I guess we'll find out. I have one big theory. Do you have any theories that you want to share before I share my big one? I think that
0: one of the Russian lot is not going to make it home alive.
1: Ouch. If it's a Joyce. Mm, I think it's going to be Hopper. I mean, they already kind of killed him off once. I think they'll properly kill him off. I could see that happening, but, like, imagine if it was Joyce. And I feel mm. like they can kill off Murray without that much consequence. Like, yes, he does have consequences. Like, we all love Murray, but, like, it wouldn't be as, oh, my God, if it was Hopper or Joyce. And if they, like, show... Mm. I could also see them, like, showing... L, like oh he's alive and then instantly him getting killed
0: yeah i i think that
1: or they killed joyce and then joyce's clan has to join hoppers yeah i don't know but it's gonna be really sad mm, I, if and def- when that I definitely
0: think one of the big characters is gonna get killed off
1: oh absolutely i can just feel it And that's why I think everybody thinks it's going to be Steve, because he's, like, a central player, but he's not, like, one of the main people. Like, yeah, he's the main cast, but... Yeah. Well, I saw someone online,
0: actually a few people online, say that they think Dustin's going to die.
1: Oh, I mean, that would, like, that could also be why they introduced Eddie. I just feel like having the three of them, Eddie, Dustin, and Steve, like, that's not going to last long. Like, somebody there is gonna die. And Mm -hmm. that would be so heartbreaking if Dustin dies, and Steve and Eddie are, like, left there with this, like, weird friendship. It just makes me feel some type of way. Now that you say that. If Dustin dies, fuck. Mm -hmm. I will be absolutely heartbroken, but those
0: are... I think you've covered up the most of the ones that I was thinking.
1: So... So I have What's one last calling? theory. Oh, no. I kind of think that Vecna is, like, making an army. So maybe I feel this way because he looks like the Night King from Game of Thrones. I don't know. But why is he choosing people with trauma? Like, he is using them as a structure to his house, which people have also pointed out in one of the stills that you can see Robin intertwined in one of those columns like Chrissy so it's like which I could see him using her being queer as a reason why she's like being manipulated but I feel like he's building something and like all of those kids have something to do with it and I can't it can't just be because he's recreating his house like there's something way bigger there that is not being 100% laid out in front of us
0: yeah definitely I don't think At the end of season four, Vecna's going to be killed. And I think think they're going to probably think he's going to get killed. But I think because we've got one more season to go, to kill off the big bad now, they would have to think of something much bigger for season five.
1: So here's my thing I think that you are correct because they keep doing that where we think that they've killed somebody off, but they didn't. But I think because of this storyline with Eddie and that it has become like a real case and you see the town of Hawkins kind of turn against somebody... I think that what's going to have to happen is I think that Hawkins lab is going to be exposed at the end of volume two. And then when they time jump, I mean, the entire town's going to have to know something big is coming in season five that we are Mm -hmm. not aware of. So imagine if the entire town knew that, I mean, they're going to have to like drop the curtain a little bit for them to, you know, exonerate Eddie yeah. That's even saying if they do because right now you have a real human component, not an upside down component of like this kid's about to go away for a murder that he didn't commit. How yeah. can we have this tie in to save his character but also shine a little bit of light of what everybody in Hawkins, you know, on Team L has been up to? Yeah. No, I'm completely with you on that. Mm hmm. Yeah. So I'm. Um, interested for next episode that we record because we're gonna be coming back and we're gonna be talking about the second volume yes it's
0: an anticipated wait definitely from when we're recording because we're recording this much earlier than we would normally um So we've got a little bit of a wait to go, but not for you guys. It's going to be a short wait. And yeah, I'm interested to see what kind of theories come true. And then, yeah, next episode we'll recap the final two episodes and then do our big, big theories for the final season.
1: Oh, I'm so ready. But also, like, I don't know if I'm emotionally ready because if they kill Steve, that's it. (laughs) I'm a riot. I'm a riot. I'm about to call out of work. The next day I'm going to be like, I'm sorry, I'm a wreck, I can't, a friend died. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you have any theories out there, if you're a listener, please hit us up on our social media, give us your theories about what's going to happen in season four, volume two, and season five, um, our Twitter is at Horror Huns Pod, and our Instagram is Horror Huns Podcast if you subscribe to any of the theories you heard here let us know if you just have just one that's just crazy please let us know because i would absolutely love to hear that i feel like i'm a little bit like murray i love the conspiracies me too i am a sucker for conspiracy theories yes did these make you as mad as the yellow jackets
0: No, they did not, thankfully. I'm not screaming and shouting and walking out of my room this time,
1: so it's all good. Well, that's good. Well, I hope that you guys enjoyed our Stranger Things recap episode, and I am very, very excited to see what they're going to leave us with, and I know that it's probably going to be some time before season five, so boy howdy. Boy howdy. You like it when I say boy howdy, so I try and make it more of a... um, i try and add it in my verbiage a little bit more when i'm around you just so it feels like you're talking to a real written taken american <laughs> <laughs> yeah no well v do you have any final thoughts for this episode yes um listen you can kill
0: off anyone literally anyone but please don't touch dustin i need dustin to be alive dustin and steve Justin, Steve, leave my boys alone, okay? Um, Somebody,
1: if you know the Duffer Brothers, please send this episode to them. Hear our plea, please, please, leave Dustin alone.